0: everybody and welcome to another episode of TJ, TJ, TJ after dark, dark, dark with Tony Johnson <laughs> and Stu Hild, his sidekick, the one he kicks all the time.
1: He kicks well, me into shape mm-hmm. actually so I can play. make him look good, <laughs> sound good. Coming from Songs from the Basement, our yes. basement studio. So the- anyway, we got uh, truckloads of uh, stuff that you haven't heard for a long time. If anything Uh, at all. (laughs) Probably wouldn't be a good idea to listen to this show for the first time while you're driving. It would be too much of a distraction. And don't drink and
0: drive because you might hit a bump and spill some. No. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, uh, on the show, I guess we're going to have whatever is going to happen on the turntables, uh, whatever we wanted, Roger Waters, Paris, Judas Priest, Point Blank, and anything else we can throw on the old turntables and CDs and the 8-track machine. So I guess without any more ado,
1: we'll uh, fu- we'll get right back to it. Let's fire it up. All right, here we go.
0: Dark, 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 dark. And I'll tell you something, something. That's where <laughs> I don't belong. Long, long.
1: Hi, everyone. Just heard uh, some uh, sweet. Uh, that was an import, you said, studio. Uh, what? What yeah. album did that come off of?
0: Um, it actually was strange. It's called Restless by the Sweet. Um, in England, uh, and probably all over UK, they had an album in 1974 called Sweet Fanny Adams. In the States, this record didn't come out. Uh, okay. It just didn't. It was totally obscure. I mean, now you can probably find it on a CD these days, but um, the song called Restless did come out in the States, but it was only on a 45 um, to one of the sweet hits. I can't remember if it was uh Fox on the Runner or um yeah. the other one, Ballroom Blitz, but one of the big hits it was the B side to a single called okay. Restless. And um that's,
1: I could've you know, what? Yeah, I was gonna say that's going out in particular to uh the late great Earl Rood who's out in the Great Beyond somewhere. I hope. But uh anyway, uh yeah, Earl I bought lots of uh sweet from him. He uh was a legendary programmer uh, here in the Twin Cities. Did the uh, root of all evil metal show? Uh,
0: it was that on was on a radio station yeah, here,
1: KFai he, in he, Minneapolis and Saint Paul.
0: He also had a record store called Root Cellar, and I'm telling you, I gave
1: him mo- lots of <laughs> lots of money, lots of money. My my dad even gave him truckloads of money. We Earl Earl actually was the one he taught me something interesting. About uh, being a collector, uh, he said, uh, like, for instance, if you're a music collector, he said, one thing you better be prepared to do is spend uh, loads of either money and or time. I mean, he oh, said, yeah. if you felt if you were to find a song like the one that we just played, uh, be ready to spend a lot for it because, first, two things, it probably costs an arm and a leg to get it in stock, and the other reason is because there's going to be a lot of people who are really going to want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "Sure, there's always a chance that if you go downstairs to what he called the dollar dungeon and flip through all the mixed-up bargain records, as long as you had to, you might find it in there." But that's time. Yeah. He said, "You're spending either money or time." So uh, I can't tell you how many times
0: I have cleaned that floor just by crawling in the in the dusty boxes down there. It was so. a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Earl um, is not no longer with us. But yeah, was it was a cancer good casualty. I hate cancer. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know too many people that are fans of cancer or sicknesses like that. You know what I mean. But, uh, yeah, that was Restless from the Sweet Fanny Adams record. And I don't know if it came to the Desolation Boulevard import record because that record was different than the American
1: copy. Um, You gave me an idea of something to look for now. So Yeah, good luck finding it.
0: No, (laughs) you could probably find it at, like, a record swap meet or something. Uh Ah. And I think one's coming up soon, but uh, I won't give the date because uh, if I give a date like, yes, it's going to happen November 9th, this show might air uh, February 19th of the next year. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I don't do things like that. Um, So,
1: gem from UFO to precede
0: that. Only Uh, you can rock me. Coming off Obsession. Obsession from 79. And starting off off the whole thing. White Snake, Come and get it. So Yeah, 81. Was David that, Coverdale. Yeah, yeah,
1: was that their first album? I'm trying to think. I, I know that David Coverdale was trying to get John Lord in the group as early as 1977. Uh, no, it's uh, like
0: their fifth album.
1: Oh, that's the fifth? Okay.
0: Yeah, they, they okay. had like, White Snake, Love Hunter, and then uh, what's Classic. the Classic, slide it in, and then come and get it. I, I think it's either album four or five. But it's well, kind of later in their career, but a lot of people didn't know that because a lot of people just got familiar with them in 1980 with a, a minor hit called Fool for Your Loving. And then people, oh, Whitesnake, I like them. Then when this thing came out, everyone knew about them and they were buying their albums. Well, they were
1: really working at it for years in England before they got discovered here, I know that. So Yeah, that's
0: one of those uh, bands... From across the pond, that uh, yeah, were probably more popular in the UK than they were here, and then we get get them later, kind of like Fleetwood Mac. No one knew about Fleetwood Mac till '76 in the states, uh-huh. unless you were a hippie and you were smoking those funny-looking cigarettes, and you were, like, hey, dude, you got to listen to this Fleetwood Mac record called Future Games, dude. Hey, man, and then you knew about them. Ah. Uh-huh. But then again, Buckingham Nicks came in. Oh, I like Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Don't you like the band? Oh, Stevie Nicks. Okay, whatever. We we know the story about that. Not to knock Fleetwood Mac, I like them a lot too. But uh, anyway, that's uh, kind of the stuff we're playing. We're playing some rock and stuff on TJ TJ After Dark 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 Dark.
1: And uh, hopefully, you're enjoying what you heard so far. And we got a lot more. But we got truckloads more. So I guess we'll get back right. at it. It is TJ After Dark. It's uh, part of Songs from the Basement. <laughs>
0: That's a band that needs more airplay than we can give it to them. That's we've for been, sure. We've been very good at their records over the years. Songs on the Basement and uh, Then
1: Lizzie. That's right. Waiting the, for
0: an alibi from the Black Rose record, 1979. Waiting for an alibi. I almost uh, threw on Toughest Street in Town off this record, but uh, uh-huh. that's that's another good one. But I think I played that about I don't know 22 times since the last. 10, no, just kidding. Uh, played it a lot, but I figure Waiting for an Alibi would be a good one for your show. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would mix well. So what do we
1: have before that? Peter Chris, I think was Yeah, I think he that was That less lesson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: He was yeah, he was original drummer from Kiss. Yes. And he went solo in eighty two or so, Let Me Rock You, the titled track.
1: Yeah. And, that was um I just glad I got to see the original Kiss in the nineties. That was uh that was a blessing really. So But uh, I do, uh, you know, one thing about, there was a fantastic show, their reunion tour, uh, Mm. especially that was like at least a couple of hours, they had a lot of territory to cover, but uh, of course Peter sang Beth as an encore song, that's, you know, that was always his trademark song, but you know, it would have been great to hear at least one or two of the other songs that he sang on, uh, because he did some really great original stuff. Got With to kids. choose or nothing to lose, one of those. <laughs> uh yeah, well uh nothing to lose, yeah. But uh he had a song called Hooligan.
0: Oh, oh that one. <laughs> Even yeah, my old junior guy band tried to uh redo that. We we did it horribly.
1: That song was great. Can uh Go Baby Driver. That was another one. Okay. So
0: that's some rock and roll over, I think.
1: That's baby the driver. one,
0: yeah. Okay. So um Yeah. I know my kiss, but not right now. Anyway, <laughs> not the moment. Uh, let's see. We let's had see. oh, uh, oh um, the other one was "Easy Living" by Fastway. Fastway. And the uh, star in that band was uh, Jerry Shirley, who used to play drums for uh, Natural Gas and Humble Pie and um, and Fastway.
1: So yeah, the uh, producer on that song, Eddie Kramer. I wonder what he's doing these days. Oh, he's home eating an ice cream cone. <laughs> well, Peter, speaking of Peter, Chris, Peter, had, you know, in an interview, had really praised Eddie Kramer. He yeah made a good point to Eddie Kramer was a great engineer for drums. I mean, he goes back mm-hmm. to. You know Jimi hendrix uh led zeppelin he could always make john bonham sound terrific on drums which was unusual for uh you know producers back in like the 60s early 70s because uh, mm-hmm. ian anderson of course jethro Tull fame had a great analogy of what drums sounded like on uh, a lot of rock records in the early 70s he said something about stale buttermilk biscuits falling down carpeted stairs. <laughs> it was just a mm. gentle, soft, staccato tapping sound. Yeah. Eddie yeah. Kramer could make drums sound lethal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's he really did justice to John Bonham's sound.
0: That's funny coming from Ian Anderson, because some of those early records from Jethro Tull, my, one of my uh, music instructors... Um, I don't know if he liked Jethro Tull music but I remember this till this day. Ah. He said something, you know, if you listen to those Jethro Tull records like this was and stand up, so you know like you got the guitars right in your face and the drums are in Kansas City. <laughs> <And> like, really? <laughs> that I mean, sometimes it's not just Jethro Tull or anything, but I I have noticed on a few um, groups and records I've heard over the years, and I've heard a lot of music. Um, that is true. Sometimes you don't have, or keyboard players, you know, you'll hear them way off in the distance, but you hear the guitar right in your face. You're like, okay, get those strings out of my face. I want to hear either the keyboards <laughs> or the drums or a bass or something. I'll even I'll even hear an opera player better than what you've got. The, the drums are way off in Los Angeles and here we are in Minneapolis and uh-huh. you know bring bring the drums back from LA and uh you know uh, let let's hear them you know. So um I, who LA, else
1: Robert John Mutt Lang another Mutt Lang, producer another... who could make drums sound great.
0: Keith Olsen is a, one of the biggest uh Oh, yeah. Rock... He's not around anymore but he was from My Neck of the Woods and he also was in a band called the Music Machine.
1: And, uh, let's see, Dieter Dirks did a great job with the last album that he did with the Scorpions. Valgary, uh, too. Yeah. Uh, quite uh, a few Savage people. Amusement. Mm-hmm. Great drum sound on that, so. Yeah. You're, you're, you're hearing from a couple of drummers here, so. Yeah. He plays drums, I play drums, but not together. I'm not like most people. I like to hit things. Oh, so. yeah. Well, I'm, so. I'm
0: going to drum you. I'm taking you on in a drum duel right now, dude. So (laughs) cool. That was cool. I'll take you on another one.
1: I don't know. Maybe people want to hear the professional music here.
0: Well, yeah, they are, man. (laughs) Come on, man. This is cool, dude. Anyway. Fire it up. Fire what up? Oh, um, actually, okay, fine. Be that way. You just want to fire it up? All right. Here we go on TJ TJ after dark.
1: DJ After Dark. That's right. Coming from Stuart Held's basement studio. Yeah, and we'll never tell you where that is. Oh, it's in the basement. So it's it's underground. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. we are underground, actually. Just uh, heard from uh, Axe, uh, Lost yeah. Classic for you there. And after this show, we'll get the Axe, right? <laughs> and Axe was uh, actually, now that was an offspring brand of, what was the band that uh, you said from the Twin Cities, Babyface. That's they were the little... one.
0: Bobby Barth was uh, from yeah. a band called Babyface. They were kind of a rock and late '70s band that only had one album. And after that, I guess it's worth some money too. How much? I'm not sure because uh, I'll go buy one if it is. No, I have one. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Bob Barth um, went into this axe group, and they became a, a big sensation. With, ah. with that one
1: song, Rock and Roll Party in the Streets yes, from They 83. re-recorded that some years ago. Or, uh, yeah, just a number of years later, about, I don't know, uh, maybe 15, 20 years later, they re-recorded it. Oh. So okay. Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister fame played the uh, the updated version on his House of Hair show. Oh. I hope he doesn't uh, mind if I uh, if he hears this. Mind he if won't. I mention his show? He won't. So anyway, what's he uh, gonna do? Come down here, and we'll give him a haircut then. <laughs> used to used to listen to that show faithfully myself. So yeah, House of Hair, I've heard it before too. And uh, before show? that, uh, what? Let's see, what was before that? Sweet. Well,
0: r- right before that was uh, the Moving Sidewalk. Oh, that was the one. That was yeah. Oh. Not a lot of people know who are the moving sidewalks. They were actually ZZ Top before they were ZZ Top. Yeah. Yeah, 1969, We I snuck that one in called The 99th Floor from 1969. And the one before that was a historical song, The Vagrants. Yeah. Yeah. Leslie West was in that band in the later 60s called I Don't Need Your Loving. That's a song we played. And then the one before that was Mountain with Leslie West. Again. Leslie
1: West. Yeah, it was one of the later albums. It was, uh, came out uh, my senior year high school uh, during uh, the winter, 84, 85. I guess that gives away how old I am. So You're old. <laughs> Anyway, uh yeah, good rock and song. It's uh Hard Times. Album, yeah, Hard Times. The album's worth checking out if you see it out there. So uh Yeah, we kinda dropped the needle
0: on it. I said, Do You want to play this song? There's some other songs off here that we should play, but you you insisted Hard
1: Times, so Hard fine. Times was my favorite off of that album, so that was Yeah. That was the first song that I heard on the radio off of that album. So And you know what, you can thank Leslie
0: West for giving the world the group Foreigner. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you why Because um, who was, I, for, I keep forgetting his name Mick, Mickey's Mick Jones, Mick Jones The leader of Foreigner uh, Was playing in the Leslie West Band in the 70s And all of a sudden Les just said in 1975 uh, I'm breaking the band up, I don't want to be in a band anymore And everyone had to go, um, you know, file for unemployment and all that. For a half a year, Mick Jones was um, uh, sitting around and saying, you know, I really want to get a band together. And a friend of his said, I'll help you, so let's get a band together. So what happened was is that um, they pulled together a new band. They called themselves uh, Trigger for about eight months. Eight months. Late 75 and 76. They started recording early demos for the first uh, Foreigner album, and then um, I guess Atlantic Records liked them, but they said uh, let's change the name to something else. And I think one of them joked, "What do you want us to call ourselves,
1: Foreigner?" Yeah, said, that was well. It. That was be- that was because uh, different members of the band were from different parts of the world. So yep. So that's that's the story I heard anyway. Okay.
0: Coming from yeah. Mick Jones, so international band, and they were all in uh, various bands before that too. Right. So they were a superstar band. That doesn't happen so. too often where you get a bunch of really well-known, somewhat musicians and big bands. Little River Band was like that from Australia. All those guys in that band were in other Australian bands that actually had big hits down there. Uh-huh. And what was another one? Tycoon was another one like that. Oh, really? Tycoon actually became um, Frankie and the Knockouts. or different members of Tycoon into Frankie because they came later. Uh-huh. Okay. That's just kind of a piece of yeah. How many
1: albums did they have? Frankie and the Knockouts, I think two. Well, I mean Tycoon also. Oh, technically three. Three, okay, I I think that's about all I ever saw by them, so...
0: Okay, third one's kind of hard to find, but the other two you can find, like, in your cheap record stores,
1: so... So, speaking of hard to find, well, here's a gem that we uncovered. Here's uh, Soraya on TJ After Dark.
0: Right, right here on... Oh, yeah, you just said that. As I reach over to press the button here.
2: (laughs)
1: DJ After Dark. Yes, Coming it is. Coming from Stuart Held's basement. Oh,
0: thanks. The well, fire that's... in the basement. Okay. D- as long as you don't give the address oh. out, everything's good. And uh, if you do, it's 1122 Boogie Boogie uh, Avenue. <laughs> uh, what did I we, can give uh, you
1: Stuart's home phone number.
0: Okay. It's 555-1234. Yeah. Okay. I so was that... going to use the other one,
1: well, the five 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 one two three four. I was wondering. The funny part is, how many idiots do you think are actually going to call that number?
0: Duh, I was going to.
1: <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, uh, uh, four eight one
0: three <laughs> one zero oh, two. Uh, never mind. <laughs> so I don't, don't know. Don't call any of those these numbers, numbers, people. <laughs> hey, by the way, it's okay. We didn't give the area codes. <laughs> so seven one nine. <laughs> oh.
1: I don't even know if it is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just heard from Donny Iris there. uh. From 1983, actually. Uh, Do you compute, uh, Donny Iris? I I don't know. I I always liked his stuff. I don't know. Donny Iris is. It's. I'm, I'm making a compliment here. I I always sort of describe Donny Iris's songs to my friends as sort of like uh, rock and roll junk food. Not junk, but junk food. I mean, it's you know, it yeah. catches catches your ear and you just get kind of get hooked on it. You know. Uh, it's like uh, I remember a critic on Rolling Stone said about uh, one record said uh, give it a try. just make sure no one's watching. Like so, a guilty pleasure. It was, yeah, so And uh, before that,
0: by pressing down a special key, it plays a little melody. I had before to throw that. that in. I wanted to when you said, dude, you compute. Well, uh, before that was... Um, Jay Galsman. Oh, where are we? Jay Galsman from the Love Stinks album um, called "Taken Me Down uh, from 1980. Yeah. And the one before that was our um, Tony's, uh, I actually played a CD. Wow. First time here today. Soraya. Anna- Soraya. 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 Sorry. You better say it. <laughs> and not to be con- confused, uh, the song was called Love Was Taking Its Toll.
1: Yeah. But it wasn't The Foreigner, Love Was Taking no, Its Toll. No, no, toll. no. Absolutely. So, But the song really rocks. One thing I was going to yeah. mention about the Jake Isles. Okay. Uh, I uh, learned something interesting, actually, from uh, Robert Plant in an interview Uh, About that Uh, I I always liked it When bands could get That big tenor Harmonica sound Mm -hmm. And uh, Robert Plant Was on a phone-in show Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if anyone Remembers a show Called Rockline But uh, And I I hope There's no problem With me quoting Robert Saying that Someone called in And said How do you get That really great tenor Harmonica sound And uh, Robert said Well He said What you do He said Basically He said You get one of those Really cheap Basic microphones not, not a microphone like we have in the studio here for professional but the kind that you just use for recording information. And then when you're recording yourself playing the harmonica, you burn the tape, which is a mm. studio term. It means you have the needle going a little too Pinning far into the it, red yeah. all the time. Peeking, yep. And, uh, yeah, that gives you that nice tenor sound. So got to peak uh, and you got to puke. So uh, any harmonica players out there looking to get that, yeah. Uh, that's how I found out. So, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, before that, what was before that?
0: What was before
1: that? Oh, yes.
0: Well, we did. Love was taking its toll, and uh, we covered everything else. Okay. Now, when when you mentioned we're coming from Stewart Held's basement, we're not coming from my house. We're coming from my office.
1: We're coming from underground in a cemetery, actually. Yeah. So. we play very dead things here. <laughs> By the way, Grateful Dead and for the rest of the show, I don't
0: think you want to play Grateful Dead for the rest of the show, do you?
1: You you found something really good uh, that we're starting next that's actually new to me. What is it, a Black Sheep? Um
0: uh, oh yeah, family. yeah. It's- yeah, speaking about Black Sheep. This group isn't around anymore, and if they reunited, oh, it's um, it would be interesting. Uh, Lou Graham from Foreigner, yeah. speaking about love has taken its toll, uh, was in this band. He was singing this. Um, they only made two albums, and then Lou left the Black Sheep uh, to go to that trigger band, eventually, called Foreigner. Okay, Mickey Th- not Mickey Thomas, but Mick Jones. Mick Jones, band, that's right. Mickey Jones band, and uh, so anyway, we found uh, at least one of the albums by Black Sheep quite a while ago, and I—I uh, I had to twist Tony's arms to uh, beg him and, and say, "Can we play Black Sheep, please?" And <laughs> I don't to... have any
1: problem with
0: it. I mean, it's fine, by the way. So, <laughs> but you said, "Well, I want to play Donny Iris. I want to play Jay Giles." I said, "Well, well that's fine. That's that's okay with me, as long as we play Black Sheep, because I know." you're going to like the song we're going to play plus everybody else so anyway this one is black sheep from 75 from the first record here's one called a little or a lot on tj after dark
1: Hi there. Hi, it's uh, TJ after dark, coming from uh, Stuart Held Cemetery.
2: Uh-huh. You pick up, Shelly. You can hear uh-huh.
1: Just uh, heard from Blue Eyes to Cult. Uh, a little song about uh, the supernatural.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: about uh, well, I, when I saw I saw BOC open for Ozzy Osbourne back in '86 from uh, the I supermarket. Yeah. Okay. The um. Who was it? Uh, Eric Bloom was talking to the audience. He was talking about being out in the middle of a big field with the one you love, and uh, you and she are out there under the stars, and uh, no one else is around. So that's when you decide to make love.
3: Make lunch.
1: The guys in the crowd were like, ow! You know, and that's when you hear the... Watch the spaceship thing. noises and you look up and there's lights all shining on you and that's when the <laughs> spaceship comes in and uh that's that was the inspiration for the song take me away that's coming off the revolution by night album so <laughs> that's right
0: <laughs> okay I'm, I'm done with my old man routine there even though i am uh, the one before that oh, was... Oh, come on. Uh, oh, okay. Um, of Rocker and Slick from 1985. That's An seems... excellent song that is, yeah. Man Without Shame. <laughs> Their only album, actually, as as all them. Yeah. Two of the guys were from the Stray Cats, and they the other were. guy uh, did a solo uh, career and produced uh, quite a few people. Well, he was with uh, John Lennon, Slick.
1: I understood, so... Earl Slick, yeah. Earl Slick, yeah. Yeah,
0: Earl Slick. So uh, and then the one before that was um uh, Black Sheep from 75 a little or a lot with Lou Graham singing in in that band before That was he, a good
1: one. That was a good idea. You liked it. Okay, yeah.
0: great. Excellent. And so, then and then we did we do do you
1: Yeah, we did. We covered Donnie Iris. Yeah, that was uh Yeah, let's see how do we we had a talk break before uh, Black Sheep, right? I believe so. No. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Our... So I think we covered everything. So Yeah. Anyway, ben, basically, uh, we found uh, something here. This is an old gem from Roger Waters from 1987
2: and a song called. They like a tough game.
1: haven't heard that in forever
0: that's uh what is that one honeymoon Honey- sweet. you feel it again right from 19- i'm 20 again okay this is great
1: i'm 22 again when that came out that 1988, was 1988 yeah 88 85 1988 okay that fine. one was are you sure uh 87 or 88 i'm okay. quite sure
0: <laughs> yeah i
1: say 85 you say 88 all right hey it was played in both years honeymoon but- sweet, yeah it's
0: let me turn you up a little bit. Okay, there, oh.
1: there we are. Okay, okay. No, that was Honeymoon Suite. But I, you know, I had made I that mind. comment about uh, Donny Iris. Uh, actually, Honeymoon Suite—that was the band that that one critic at Rolling Stone referred to as. Uh, it, it wasn't a derogatory comment. It was musical junk food.
0: Yeah, this is kind of the guilty pleasure
1: type Guilty pleasure stuff, yeah. So, Stuart, what are you doing?
0: I'm just uh, playing uh, maintenance man. Okay. Cleaning up the little uh, table here over here. Um, Okay. Hey, by the way, do do you want this back? Oh. You You can have it back here. (sighs) Uh, As I reach over the little control board... (sighs) Ah, Okay, Feel It Again. That was great. It was good to hear that again. I I love that song. Another one good to hear again before that. uh, What was that one? Oh, yeah, you didn't know this one. Uh, Status Quo Mystery Song from their uh, self-titled 75 album. The last time we got together, we played a track from this record and you loved it. One called Rain. Yeah, that was the one. That yeah. was the one, yeah. I wanted to play another track for you so you could hear another another song from that record, and I thought I would play that one. And I know I... I I, before we got together we were discussing some stuff now what are you doing you' uh, playing maintenance man number I'm uh, trying to get uh, just trying to get that CD in the bag so okay well uh, now that uh we were uh, <laughs>
1: status quo you Fine, were on be status that, quo okay.
0: okay yeah status quo but uh yeah I went through some of the other albums that we had down here and I thought no, nah, I, I want to play this track for uh, Tony and, and everybody
1: else and then we have Mammy's boys uh yeah. that was um needle in the groove yeah some uh An old-fashioned R&B song. Uh, so
0: i've never heard that before you've never be heard that
1: one that I'm was uh working. that was on the superstation uh when you were working there i think 1985 the spring of that year okay i wasn't working there yet but you know what oh, they okay. went, if they
0: played it at all i wasn't listening to that yeah. one station that uh classic rock radio as we call it here in in our town of minneapolis and yeah I, well i guess i didn't hear it or
1: mama's boy's uh band out of uh, ireland okay uh, uh, metal trio we get a lot of people and, uh, listening
0: to us in uh in ireland oh great okay Thank well hopefully much.
1: we hit close to home uh ireland so. is a rock and roll country so oh yeah <laughs> anyway uh but uh, yeah mama's boys they uh opened up on a, i remember there was a, a monumental bill in forest lake in the trout summer air. of 1985 trout air that was the one <laughs> yep yeah i'll never forget that iron I'm maiden <laughs> rat Except and Mama's Boys. Okay. So great, uh, great show, not just for watching bands, but uh, some serious girls at that show, too. It was like, mm. it was California in Minnesota. Mm. So,
0: in December, too.
1: No, they said the show was going to go on Rain or Shine. It was in June of 1985, and it definitely shone. I don't think there was a cloud in the sky. It was like upper 90s, that whole show. So, That was a hot summer, 85, if I remember right.
0: (laughs) So. I was there the year before watching Tony Carey shooting Star and Heart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was there. That's right. That's when I met, uh, you know, the members of Shooting Star, and we were watching Heart, and the drummer, um, I think it was Steve Thomas, uh, he was like, God, I love this band, Heart, and all that. And that's when I was asking him some Shooting Star questions about, you know, uh, I don't know, some of the early records that they did, and they said they were from Kansas City, and I'm like, wow, okay, Midwest, and all that, So, or middle, of the, middle America and all that. I thought they were more East Coast, but, um, you know. It was yeah. interesting. We were talking, and then Tony Carey comes up to us in this trench coat. And I said, hi, join, come on and join us. He's looking at the both of us and sunglasses like, are you guys from outer space? And he walked away, and, he, and Steve said... I wonder what happened with with him. I said, "Do you know him?" He goes, "Yeah, that's Tony Carey." I said, "Hold on, you. I'm going to go get him back." <laughs> Tony Carey? But <laughs> no, I I stayed and kept uh, Steve
1: Thomas company. Of yeah, course. I'm hard like shooting star.
0: Are you kidding? <laughs> hard. This guy hard. Yeah, uh, we Danny
1: Carmassi was with them by that time. That's wasn't he? true. Yeah. I didn't know
0: that at the time, but he was in Montrose ten years ago. He before. was. Yeah. I would have went right up to him and said, like, "Are you kidding, Montrose? I love your stuff, for God's sake!" You know, I did ask um, Hart real briefly, uh, where, what are you gonna be? Are you making a new record? And they said they're going in the studio in November of '84. That's when they put out their uh, famous Heart album. Oh yeah, uh, first one for a new label, Capitol. Right, Because right. they were on tour for Passion Works, the album that didn't do very well for them. But they sounded really good that year. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. anyway, uh, that's uh, Trout Air Stories. And
1: um, uh, the so, one before that Mama's Boys was
0: Roger Waters, Power Does That Be. Did we cover them? I think we did.
1: Yeah, we? Uh, that was uh, coming off Radio Chaos, 1987. Right, okay. and, and then man. BOC, Take Me Away. Did we cover that, too? I think we did. Yeah, we. that okay, was the previous set. So uh, okay. Anyway, so let's see. While you were queuing something up, what do we got next here? Okay. Well, you know what, Tony? We have about 10 more minutes to
0: go, so we got uh, a couple more to do. We we can cram in about four more songs. Okay. Unless you want to go for a third hour. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to save it for the fifth show. Uh, but let's get through uh, this stuff here, since I'm running all the the uh equipment here. Making making things sound great. Yeah. yeah as usual. So I I gotta train Tony and to run the board here <laughs> sometime. So that's gonna be your initiation. You know, if you if you want to be a star, this is what like you do. Initiation time. Yeah. So in the meantime As the I'll...
1: motorcycle gang would call it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the Hex Angels? I don't know. Um anyway, uh let's do this. Uh we're gonna do a song from seven oh seven. Ah. Yeah. That's the one, and we're going to do one from 82 called Mega
1: was a rocker if you're not rocking yet you're not rocking period
0: <laughs> you're or not you not
1: rocking your tone dev what it is <laughs> <laughs> it is tj after dark it's the inferno in the basement Stuart Rock. held oh yeah uh, and so, oh well go ahead well i just heard from michael Shanker group there a classic on and on 1982 Coming, 1980 uh, about the end of 1981 winter 81 82 and uh Let's see, before that. Well, yeah. before that one was. Anyway, Michael Shanker Group uh, started that set off with uh, 707. Remember them?
0: 707. Yeah, I've taken a
1: few pl- trains like that. <laughs> Todd well, Howard on vocals. So, uh, mega force. And, uh, well, that's about going to do it for this week, So, uh, but uh, we do appreciate everyone across the world putting up with us for the last couple hours. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got a lot of patience to put up with us. <laughs> you, it's okay, me. <laughs> so, got, uh, a, got a gem here uh, to wrap things up here. This is another one uh, introduced to me by the late, great Earl Root. Hi, Earl. On the air, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Budgie. A band that uh, had a lot of influence on bands like Metallica and uh, those. If you see any Budgie albums at any of the record conventions or record stores, snap them up. They're excellent. So, uh, but uh, yeah, Budgie, this is Zoom Club um, on TJ After Dark, Songs from the Basement. Take care. Peace. Have fun, everybody. Thanks for listening.